the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get to it here on a uh, Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the di- uh, you know over the uh, hill day. We are now closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's always a good thing. But I don't know about everybody else, but Wednesday is the day that I have a hard time getting out of bed. I mean, the alarm goes off, and I go again. <laughs> it's just the way I feel about it. Really terrible. All right, so last night the uh, president gave the uh, State of the Union address. Uh, I've been uh, diligently seeking out all the different uh, talking heads and seeing what they had to say about it, and it seems to me that the president got a C for his speech. I gave him a C minus because other than what he had to say about Ukraine, and I I didn't think we said enough about Ukraine and what... uh, our country's going to do about what they're what the russians are doing right now uh, other than that it was it sounded like a stump speech uh by uh, president biden uh, let, let's find out what our senior senator uh from arkansas thinks about that we've got uh, john bozeman on with us right out of the bat today good morning uh, senator and uh, thanks for joining us so early i know you were probably up fairly late no, Dave. Thank you, and and uh, for Hump Day, you do sound pretty perky like that. <laughs> I try. The, uh, I try. You know, I, I think I think your your description of it being a stump speech is absolutely accurate. The Ukraine part was so very important because you know we as Americans don't realize that the whole world is is just sitting uh, listening to every aspect of the as he's talking about Ukraine. And so I, I thought he did a good job of that. The important thing is that, uh, you know, there was unification that the United States is, you know, in total solidarity with Ukraine. And we're going to be pressing the president very, very hard. And I think they're moving in this direction finally that uh, we give them whatever ammunition, you know, missiles, uh, all, of the, all of the things that they need, humanitarian aid to make sure that uh, we can help them in every every way that we can. So all of that's holding up very, very well right now. Our allies, the European Union has come through in, in a, a striking way. And then also, uh, you, you know, Canada air support uh, in the sense of no-fly no in those areas, the United States. These are things that, that really do help hurt the, uh, the Russians. And uh, in, in, they're not dramatic things but they make a big difference to their economy it makes a huge difference that the russian people can't travel so um i was pleased with that the rest of it though i've 
listening to several of these, it was everything to everyone. Uh, he's out of touch with the reality. He's got the, the lowest approval rating right now of any president in modern history at this time. And so as a result, uh, instead of listening to what the people are saying, as I go around Arkansas, I know, Dave, on your, your show, as people call in, uh, they're concerned about paying their bills now. Yep. With gasoline prices, inflation rearing. Well, you don't, you know, you don't just say, I'm going to lower prices. You start drilling for oil. You do the things that you have to do, uh, you know, to make things work and actually make a difference. Uh, supply chain, the tight labor market throughout, uh, throughout the country uh, where businesses are having trouble finding the people they need to operate. Uh, these are things that are on people's mind. The border, you know, the border is, is just an absolute chaos. And then, very importantly, crime in our major cities. So, like I say, it was everything to everybody. I, I agree with you totally. It was just a stump speech, and, and there was no substance to it at all. <laughs> One thing I thought was really striking when, when he was talking about something to the effect that, you know, you need to, to not lower wages, you need to lower prices or something. I mean, yeah. Crazy you know, for, for businesses, it's crazy for businesses. I know my brother and I, when we had the eye clinic and, and worked very, very hard in that regard. Almost every business, your major cost is is your you know is employees, and so the idea that somehow you know those two don't go together uh, is is crazy. So, well, he wanted to blame businesses last night for rising costs. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I say. He wants to blame everybody but themselves without any answer. But you're right. You know, it was businesses' fault. I mean, all of these things about, you know, and, and certainly, you know, anybody that's cheated in regard to aid and things like that that we've been giving out in a very liberal way, they need to be held accountable. But that's that's not the driving force behind 7.5% inflation and, uh, you know, the supply chain and, and all of these things. Uh, the problems that we're having at the port. Uh, These are things that we simply have to deal with. What he's done, though, is he doubled down. Here we've got raging inflation, and he's talking about uh, continuing to try and get Build Back Broke done, which is all that does through massive increased spending, massive increased taxes. He's just pouring, uh, you know, gasoline on the fire. Sure. So as all this would do is just actually exacerbate the problem that we got. So there was no common sense in, in so much of it. All right. So I sat and watched the uh, the speech, and uh, I was hoping against hope because I knew this president wouldn't do this, and that is we're sending about a billion dollars a day to Russia in payments for uh, energy, in oil. About 750,000 barrels of oil a day, where we could cut them off on that, and we could get our folks making the oil again right here in our within our own borders, and uh, really put a hurt on on Russia right now. No, you're exactly right, Dave, and that does all kinds of things. First of all, this administration is is climate, climate, climate. Climate's important in the sense of, you know, anything we can do to uh, do a better job of having clean air, clean water is so, so very important. But the idea of, of 
taking oil from Russia. And I was on a call the other night with uh, Blinken and, and the Secretary of Defense and all of the major players in this. Dan Sullivan from Alaska, the senator from there, asked the question, why are we importing more oil from Russia right now than you're allowing Alaska to produce? Alaska uh-huh. is a tremendous reservoir, and they simply shut down all that drilling. Uh, so I, I agree with you totally. It makes no sense. The other thing in regard to climate is if we drill for oil here and use the resources that the Lord blessed us with, we're going to do that in such a, a much better environmentally sensitive way than they do in Russia and these other places, Venezuela. So you're, you're actually helping the climate in that regard. You're helping clean air, clean water. And then you're bringing that wealth to the United States. Also, if we could, you know, continue to develop these great resources we've got, then we could be the ones that are supplying the Europeans with a reliable source of energy where they don't have to worry about the Russians cutting them off every time they get mad at them. So, uh, you're, you're absolutely right, and we're, gonna, we're, we're pressing now. We're going to continue to press to see if we can get that done. An interesting thing that was under uh, that, that went on during the uh, State of the Union is that there was an extra Republican sitting on that on the side of the chamber uh, next to Mitt Romney. Joe Manchin was sitting with the Republicans last I night. Saw it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was sitting, you know, with a group, and, and uh, that was kind of the topic of conversation. It was Joe, <laughs> Joe was over there with several Republicans, uh, patting him on the back. I, Joe, Joe is a, uh, you know, Joe is a good person in the sense that uh, he's doing the best he can. He represents the state. West Virginia is very much like Arkansas politically now, and uh, he's trying to thread that needle. But he's much more uh, aligned with the Republican Party than he is with the Democrats right now. And we're so grateful that he has the courage to stand up against uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, you know, that wing that is really dominating the Democrats right now. Yeah, I, I agree. You think that he's about ready to make a decision to jump parties? I think it depends. I, I, I think that that actually is something that he's considering, okay? And I'm not speaking for Joe and don't have any special insight. I, I'm in a little deal with him that, uh, uh, you know, where we have supper once a week and stuff. So I know him very, very well. He's under tremendous pressure right now. I think it depends on how they treat him, Dave. If, if they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, running a primary against him and all this kind of stuff, which would be absolutely crazy because, you know, if they beat him with somebody to their left, you know, a Bernie Sanders type person, there's no way they can win in, in, in West Virginia. So he's, uh, he's under a lot of pressure right now. And, uh, but he's, he's a tough guy and, uh, he's withstanding. All right. Last question for you. I'll let you get on with your day. And, and that has to be with the voters. The voters sat and watched that speech last night. What I'm hearing is that independents and Republicans uh, were underwhelmed and that Democrats are starting to really wring their hands about November. Well, they should be. As I, as I mentioned earlier, as we were talking, the, the president's approval rating is, is, is just bottomed out and, and continuing to go down. So 
And it is because they're tone deaf. They're not listening to what the people are concerned about and doubling down on all of these crazy policies. Yeah. So uh, they should be very, very concerned. Republicans, though, need to understand that, that you know people are not if they're concerned about them, they're not enthralled with the Republicans. And so as a result, we're going to have the opportunity and, uh, you know, we need to rise to the occasion, which, which we can and will, but we've got to, uh, uh give the, uh, the, uh, people of Arkansas, the people of America, uh, some real solutions that, that really will make it such that their lives are easier regarding, uh, things that, that are making it much more difficult for them to pay their bills. Well, Senator, I thank you for your time. I'll, I know that a lot of people are wanting you on their radio shows and TV shows today, so uh, we'll let you get to that, and we will talk to you very soon down the road. Well, thank you, Dave, but as always, you were number one. All and right. I appreciate, you, appreciate your show. Thank you very much. That's Senator John Bozeman here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have him on with us early this morning. We'll get our first break in. Dan Sullivan, state senator, is going to join us in studio. And as we make our way through all of our guests that will be on today, uh, we will talk to him about the state of Arkansas as well when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. They're ready to help you out when you find yourself in a situation on the side of the road someplace or in your driveway because you got a flat tire or whatever to uh, take care of that. I saw one of their road crews driving around the other day in a pickup truck. They were heading somewhere to help somebody out, uh, you know, changing a tire, changing a battery, something like that. They'll take care of those kind of things for you. They're not there just for towing. They're there to help you in whatever situation you find yourself in, and East End Towing can handle all of that. They've got the answers. The phone number is 501-888-8849, 501-888-8849. And before we get into the break, let me remind you, I'm taking questions from you uh, dealing with the first town hall we're having, which is a week from tomorrow over at the Agape, uh, the Agape Family Center uh, at 7 o'clock. All to, to question the uh, uh, lieutenant governor, people who are running for the race, the candidates, what you need to do, what I need for you to do is to send your questions to townhall at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. They'll come right directly to me. I'll correlate them, get them all set up, and they'll be asked at the first town hall. If you want to get a ticket to go to the town hall, you go to 1011fmtheanswer.com, click on the link for the uh, town hall, and it'll take you to where you can get your tickets. 620, let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. All right, we have a friend of the station who has stopped in to visit with us today, Dan Sullivan from up in the Jonesboro area, state senator. And uh, I asked him to stop by, and we're going to weave him in, in and him out, because you got to have the, the politicians on to talk about what the president had to say last night, which wasn't much. I believe the big issue that was there, Joe Manchin sitting with the Republicans last night. Wow. He was sitting with the Republicans last night. Is he going to flip parties? I That really interests well, me. You know, if uh, many Democrats follow the trend here in Arkansas, absolutely. Yeah. You know, people are abandoning the Democrat Party 
um, you know, I have a candidate filing ended yesterday, and I have an opponent on the Democrat side who lists herself as a progressive. And I, you know, we're kind of deviating from the national scene, but it kind of all plays in. You know, the people are abandoning that the Democrat Party because it doesn't represent the people anymore at the national and at the state level. All I know is if I were if I were ever running as a Democrat and looking down into my future years, which few I have left, uh, I would never run as a Democrat. But I definitely wouldn't say I'm a Democrat and I'm a progressive. Well, there, yeah, I think there's a path for conservative Democrats, Democrats that were kind of run on the platform that they did a few uh, years ago. You know, I saw uh, at filing, I guess, on Monday, a woman holding a sign that said, Democrats who oppose abortion. Uh-huh. So there are people that, and for economic development, there are Democrats who have that feeling, and I think there's really a pathway. Matter of fact, I can't name the Democrat I talked to yesterday in the Arkansas House, but shares that sentiment. We have to be more representative of what the people of Arkansas want. We get too far away from that, and uh, you know, there's just not really a path for uh, victory, but there is a path for disruption. And I think that's what they are trying to do is disrupt uh, the national government and at the state level. I mean, the progressive at the national level aren't accomplishing anything. They're just trying to disrupt. Same thing here in, in uh, Arkansas and in Jonesboro. All right. Are you guys done with the fiscal session? We're getting close. I think we'll probably wrap up uh, hopefully on Tuesday of next week, uh, probably no later than Wednesday. You know, we have to do our final uh, – the final part of that budget has to sit on the table for three days. Oh, so okay. it'll, it'll be out there on Friday, uh, and hopefully Monday or Tuesday we'll be able to wrap things up. A lot of people wanted a lot of different things considered during the, uh, the session, and there was uh, some bad blood uh, going into this uh, fiscal session. Uh, Jason Rapert and, and uh, family council and things of that nature uh, – are those small battles, or are they indicative of bigger battles that are lining well, up? You, you know, I think that's a good question, and I think um, people on both sides of that support uh, the, uh, right to life completely. You know, you look at their voting records and down the line, people on both sides of that debate have supported uh, right to life on every vote, and that's one of the reasons we are one of the top states in the nation protecting life. The its disagreement was about how we go about that uh, and how we achieve the same goal. So, no, I don't think it's a, a huge battle. I don't think it's a divisive issue. Uh, you know, we have the ability to disagree and come back together again. Okay. And I think we're, right now that's what you're seeing on the other issues. You know, yesterday, for example, we passed a resolution uh, condemning Russian aggression with 34 votes. Uh, 34 co-sponsors oh wow yeah that was big you know you don't see that too often and that was really important and i think it's again indicative of what you see when uh when we need to come together over really important issues and that was a big one yesterday all right i had a question that was sent to me a couple of days ago and i wanted to ask you about it it says uh I'm hearing about possible abortion bill action from the Arkleg slash Womack. Do you know what's being what they're mentioning there? I have no idea. Yeah. Arkleg slash Womack. Womack? Yeah. Does yeah, Womack got some kind of abortion uh, well, bill uh, out? Uh, 
Representative Womack, I assume they're, yeah. assume they're talking about, but no, I'm not aware of any issue that he has out there. Again, there are really only two, uh, the path, whether we adopt the Texas abortion bill or we let stand as Pat. And, you know, I'm, again, there are several people working, but I don't think anything is going to come up now. All right. And it says uh, they were asking, why are you guys still in session? You've done ACEs requests and nothing on House and Senate agenda except resolutions. So and you just said that yeah. the bill, the the the, uh, the budget's going to sit on the table right. for three days. Right. That has to sit on the table three days. Uh, and there are other things going on. There are, you know, we have special language. Uh, matter of fact, I have some special language that will come up today in committee uh, to return the fines. You know, we fought that battle last year. Lord have mercy. And uh, it's in special language today. And it's, you know, back when uh, the bill passed and the governor vetoed it and we almost overrode the veto. But that the governor was sincere. Whether I agree or disagree is a different question, but they were sincere in what they did. However, Dr. Romero and others from the health department have now testified. We'll pick it up. Okay, go All ahead. Right. We got to go to the news. Let's do that. Then we'll come back. Dan Sullivan will be still here, and we'll keep talking. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. Dan Sullivan sitting in the studio. State Senator, always a uh, a great guy to have to come in and talk to, to about what's happening up in the legislature. We'll be asking some more questions about that. I want to remind you about PI roofing. You need a roof put on your house. Get PI roofing to do it. They just did my roof again. It's been 18 years. It was time. And uh, I told you I was hoping for hail, and I got it. And so uh, they came out, looked at it, said, yeah, Dave, you need to replace your roof. So uh, it, that's been done now. Uh, we've uh, gotten most of everything finished. I think there's a, a few touch-up things they got to do, uh, and then uh, there'll be another check, and then I'll sign that over back over to the folks at PI Roofing, and and uh, it looks like I might even get out of this thing without having to pay any deductible. Uh, it w- will be covered completely, so I'm excited about that. Uh, PI Roofing does the job. They do it right. They do it the way it should be. Uh, you get that 10-year leak-proof warranty. You get a 25-year warranty on your roof. So uh, call them and call them today, 707-3551. You call them today with the weather that they're talking about the rest of the week, you'll have a new roof on your house by the end of the week. It's that fast. 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Tommy Piggott joins us from the RNC. Tommy, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, look, the president spoke last night. Here's the big storyline as far as I see from from yesterday. You tell me what you think. Uh, We got a stump speech for the State of the Union. Uh, The president talked about Ukraine, and it was nice that he said that he he stands with them, but he doesn't stand with them to cut off the billion dollars we're sending to Russia every day in the oil that we're buying from them instead of buying it from getting it from alaska uh from our own borders and the other thing that was big at the state of the union is that joe manchin was sitting with the republicans well i think you're exactly right that it was a stump speech but i think it was a stump speech from a year ago well, that meaning course. that he's he's recognized none of his failures right he's, he's not even recognized reality so you know he was talking about inflation as if he hasn't caused inflation as if the 1.9 trillion dollar boondoggle he just wasted our money on in march 
as if that didn't lead to the highest inflation in 40 years. He didn't mention Afghanistan at all or the Afghanistan withdrawal. The 13 service members that died because of his disastrous decisions were not mentioned at all, which to me is just an insult to our service members, an insult to the family members of those 13 that lost their lives, and an insult to the American people because this president is refusing to take responsibility. And then on COVID, he refused to take responsibility for the fact that he promised to shut down the virus. That was, those are his words. And he completely failed, which is he, he refused to even recognize that or thank President Trump for all the tools that we have to combat the virus, including vaccines, treatments, uh, you, you name it, medical equipment like ventilators. Those are all things that President Trump handed to Biden and that Biden still failed. So I think you're right. It was a stump speech, but it was a stump speech that was uh, devoid of reality even more than usual. Yeah, stump speech for the left is what it was. I mean, it, it really was. I mean, AOC made the statement after the uh, State of the Union that there was a lot that wasn't there. She said, we should move. We should be moving quick, more quickly away from fossil fuels than what we're doing. Is she out of her mind? Is she crazy? She's. She's. I mean, she's totally crazy. What do you replace it with? Yeah, I, that's a great point. Um, I, there's nothing to really replace it with. I mean, I think we should have an administration that's pro all energy. Yes. I don't understand this mentality on the left where you have to pick and choose energy sources. If there was just an amazing, cheap, reliable energy source that you could plug in and replace and have us all live abundantly, that'd be great. No one's arguing against any form of energy, but you just shouldn't be shutting down fossil fuels and oil and natural gas when those are the keys to one, our national security, as you mentioned with Vladimir Putin, the president is unable to really hold him accountable in the energy because Biden has attacked our energy independence, but also because of prices. We're seeing home heating costs up as much as 43% this winter. We're seeing gas prices at eight-year highs. Yep. So really across the board, we shouldn't be attacking any form of energy. We should be embracing all energy. And the fact that Joe Biden, his administration, is siding with AOC and others saying that this is an excuse to transfer to green energy as part of their radical ideology shows that for them, the pain is the point. The, the pain is actually something they created through their policies in order to try to support a radical transformation of this economy. Okay. So I don't think the American people should buy that Biden's going to try to address uh, gas prices or anything. No. Because the, that's actually part of his plan to get his agenda through, but I don't think it's working. It ain't going to happen. It's just... He doesn't care. I mean, it was very obvious during his speech. It's surprising to me he didn't have a you know a dastardly mustache, one of those real long handlebars, uh, handlebar mustaches, and rubbed his hands together. And went, <laughs> those evil companies. I'm going to get the money from them. They're the ones raising prices. You know, it's just amazing to me the stupidity that I'm hearing from my president. Well, and the fact that he's say, still saying that the companies are responsible. Yes. When there was a uh, report from inside his own administration of his own top economists saying that they don't buy that explanation. They don't think that the companies are responsible, especially for things like inflation and gas prices. His own economists are saying that, but he's just so desperate to dodge responsibility. He's so desperate to double down, and he's so stubborn. Everything, he, anything that happens, he doesn't change his mind. Have you noticed on Afghanistan, inflation, the border? He refuses to actually accept reality because he's so ideological. He's so stubborn that no matter what happens, he's going to double down on the same agenda, even if that agenda is failing and even if his own administration 
is saying, hey, we don't even believe what you're saying. Yeah. It's just uh, 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 beyond the pale. I agree. Tommy Piggott from the RNC. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate your input about the uh, president's State of the Union. Uh, the State of the Union is not good. Let's just put it that way. It's as bad as it was back in the late 70s, uh, early 80s with uh, Jimmy Carter. I'm just telling you, you could have you could have taken words from Jimmy Carter from the state of his last State of the Union address and transposed them to now uh, for uh, for Biden, and they would have been the same. It's unfortunate. I agree with you, and I think uh, it really across the board: inflation, supply chain shortages, gas prices. It really is Jimmy Carter 2.0. But in some ways, I'm worried that might end up being an insult to Jimmy Carter because we're, we're seeing something that's, I think, the worst presidency. In, in many, many, many decades. Um, I hope I'm wrong for the co- sake of the country, but based off of that speech, uh, I'm only thinking that I'm going to be right and that this is going to be a terrible president and we got to win in November. Uh, Republicans do to hold him accountable as much as possible. I'm with you, Tommy. Thank you very much. I appreciate your call. Tommy Piggott from the Republican National Convention. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to continue our discussion now with State Senator uh, Dan Sullivan. I, want, I got a couple questions for him. <laughs> Uh, when we return, don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. Pat Davis is ready to help you with your health care costs. Pat's going to join me around the 24th of this month uh, for an hour, and we're going to talk about health insurance, uh, specifically about how you can make changes in your policy that can help you save a lot of money. I mean, it doesn't matter uh, who your provider is. The way Dan, uh, the way that uh, Pat does things. Uh, you get 30 to 50% off. You can save a lot of money. You will not see any co-pays anymore. And when you look at the huge deductibles you have, you need to talk to uh, Pat Davis about his deductible busters. Okay, that's 501-605-6935. That's the number. I need you to call uh, Pat Davis today and talk to him. Save yourself some money. I, You know me well enough that the people that advertise on this show and the people that i talk about that advertise on this show save your money 501-605-6935 let's just say you're saving 50 percent on what you pay on your health insurance multiply that by 12 if you save 50 percent multiply it by 12 how many thousands of dollars will that be that's the way you got to look at this because the way the federal government's going, everything else you're going to buy is going to go up. So you got to offset it somehow. Do it with Pat. Yourhealthplanman.com. That's his website. Yourhealthplanman.com. All right, we're a ways from the election. It's coming up in November. Primaries are coming up. Uh, we're going to try to help you here at 101, uh, you know, FM, the answer to know who the uh the candidates are our first town hall is a week from tomorrow at the uh, agape family life center uh, if you'll go to 1011 fm click on the link uh, you can find uh, where you can buy a ticket to go to uh, the town hall but the questions for the town hall come from you i need you to go to email me your question to uh townhall at salemlr.com and uh, you know don't say hey i got one for a certain candidate no it doesn't work that way you give me a question and every candidate's going to ask and answer that question 
Uh, if you want to do it in a video, you can do it in a video. But you got to go to uh, Facebook.com uh, slash Dave Ellswick Show and then direct message me. And uh, just send me the video and we'll pull it down and we'll use it the night of uh, the town hall. So we're doing the first one this uh, a week from Thursday. Then we'll have another one a couple of weeks later. And I think that's going to be uh, the, uh, well, it'll be either the Secretary of State or the Arkansas Attorney General, one or the other. And we're going to cover both of those races too. I'm working on other ones. I'm working on one dealing with the Senate. Uh, I'm dealing on one dealing with uh, District 2 with uh, Congressman Hill. So we're... We're trying to get it out there so you can make up your mind about who you should vote for uh, during the uh, during the uh, primary. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you who I support at all. You need to you need to make up your own mind about who you're going to support. Now, here's somebody I know I support. I support Sarah. Okay. Every every one of the. Folks uh, over at basically in the Republican Party in the state legislature support Sarah. So let me just ask, let you answer this question off uh, off top. Uh, are you guys already meeting with Sarah and his, her people and and starting to put together what twenty three is going to look like? Absolutely. You know, Sarah's been very accessible. Uh, she had a big reception the, uh, just uh, after I think it was uh, on filing day. Yeah, Tuesday last week. A lot of us met. She's. Uh, scheduled to meet with me and others uh, in small groups or individually. So I'm, again, very thankful for the opportunity to have those meetings and express what's important for uh, people in northeast Arkansas. All right. Tim Hankey's on the line, wants to talk to us. Tim, how you doing? What did you, you, you had something on Sarah. What do you got? Hey, how you doing, Dave? Long I'm good. Time, um, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of yours, can't mention the name, was, was a fly on the wall during the conversation between Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Le- Leslie Rutledge. Miss Sarah uh, said to Leslie, uh, don't run against me, run with me, and when I run for president, you will be the governor of this state. The source is very reliable, uh, pretty much like it came from an impeachable source. Uh, I would like to support her. I do not want this to be a stepping stone for her. That's not fair. But uh, just take that with a grain of salt. I mean, she would be a good good governor. Uh, I think she'd be a very conservative governor. Got great ethics and morals. And and and, and one, one more thing, drop a dime. Uh, I'm on Salem Fire Department, Sling County. We're having our annual pancake breakfast. Uh, Webb Hubble used to be a volunteer of yeah. the department. We, he's a good friend of ours. Saturday from 6 to 11, Salem Elementary School. Just Google it. Be a lot of politicians there. But anyway, just uh, take that with a grain of salt about Sarah. We'll see, right? Well, yeah, we're we're gonna see. I've I've <laughs> I brought it up before, Tim. You know, you listen to the show enough. You know that that I've I've brought that up. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Dan. Again, yeah, Dan Sullivan. There are very few politicians that don't use an office as a stepping stone. Yeah, and they're looking for a pathway to a higher office. Uh, unless you're an older guy like me, who's content. Uh, but most of the young folks uh, are you you, really content (laughs) come on i absolutely am content and thankful but again that's not unusual for people to be planning a pathway for uh sarah or for uh, attorney general rutledge or tim griffin any politician even some in the senate you see people stepping from the senate to statewide offices all the time so it's not unusual and uh, uh you know it's a good thing 
that people have ambition and want to serve our state. So I appreciate people who want to get involved. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. And, you know, look, if, if you go, you should have known that it was a stepping stone. Right. I mean, she worked for President Trump. President Trump endorsed her, which kicked off her campaign in a big, 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 big way. She's got a huge war chest, and you, she doesn't need all that money to run for governor. Yeah, and I would like to see her at uh, office uh, nationally at some point. Now, when that happens and when that window opens, you know, I trust her uh, and her knowledge of politics and the people she runs with. I trust her to make that decision, and I think Arkansas you know, has a strong bench whether it's uh, the attorney general or the lieutenant governor or whomever, uh, we've got a strong bench of good conservatives here in the state. Oh, and that's the key. That's why, you know, it's going to be sad to watch the primary because some people are going to lose, and I don't. I hope they don't lose their way, so to speak, that they have somewhere that they can land and continue to offer, you know, the talents that they have. You know, if you lose in politics and you can't bounce back or don't bounce back, that's good information for the voter to know. I lost my first election, and right after I lost, I said, I'm not running again. A few months later, I said, I don't like losing. I'm back in it again. <laughs> leaves <laughs> a bad taste in your it mouth. leaves a bad taste, and uh, I've won several after that. But those are the kind of people that you want in office. They're not afraid to lose. They're not afraid to make a mistake. And one of the big issues for me is when we do make a mistake, you need to admit it, correct it, and move on. Uh, and, of course, that's one of the things I struggle with with our uh, director of uh, Department of Health. You know, we've made some mistakes there. And if we've made some mistakes, he admitted them in testimony. I mentioned this a while ago. Mentioned them in, in testimony. And we need to make it right and go back and return those fines. That's a simple thing. But if we don't uh, you know, we wonder why people lose faith in government. It's because politicians rarely apologize and then rarely go back and try to make things right. That's a big issue. Think Biden. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, he he hasn't apologized for anything. No, no uh, nor nor tried to correct it. No, he you know, talks about it, but you know, we do have and the prob the issue that was mentioned earlier with our gas and oil. We still send. A million dollars a day to Russia. A billion. A billion. A billion with a oh, B. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in you're in Dirksen years. Well, you know, the, the, <laughs> but that's exactly the point. We will. He doesn't want to admit that, and we can correct it. Yes. And then people, we complain and wonder why people don't trust our government. That's exactly why. And then you have AOC, who he listens to, yeah. who says, we shouldn't be running towards fossil fuels. We need to be running away from fossil fuels. To what? Well, you know, there uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, we have progressives in Arkansas. Most of them are centered in northwest Arkansas. There are a few here in Little Rock in central Arkansas. You had a few up there in Jonesboro. Well, we, we got one, uh, several, too, yes. And, you know, they have a very... Uh, strong agenda and they work hard and there are some intelligent people and we have to be just as committed and strong on our side now let's talk about 23 because that's the next time the general assembly will be together and by the way uh, i promised this to my listeners i want everybody to know about it i'll still do my morning show but we're also looking at doing afternoon shows from over at uh, the Capitol as oh, well, yeah. the way we always did right. 
several years back. I thought that those really served a, a public good in getting the information out to uh, the voters. So we'll we'll give them an opportunity to hear that information again. But, you know, they're always talking about, I know, I know that Sarah's talked about this and she's made the statement that she wants to get rid of the income tax here in the state. But the only way, Dan, and you and I are very closely aligned in our political views, and that is that if you really want to get rid of the income tax, you got to cut spending. And, uh, and is that on the agenda? I mean, seriously on the agenda for the Republicans in, in 23, you think? Well, I think we're always serious about it. The issue is that when the budget comes up, just like this time, in the Senate, it takes 27 votes of 35 to pass an appropriation bill. So to get 27 uh, like-minded people is difficult. We have a great opportunity in this primary to elect those 27 people. And to have, if we get that, we can do some strong budget cuts. I think some of you may be following that, you know, I tried to make a 25% budget cut to PBS. Uh, They have zero data to support much of their spending. Zero. And they are doing things like, uh, uh, but, you know, again, it takes a strong majority to cut spending. We need these primaries need to play out correctly. There's a lot of good information out there. Voters need to make their own decisions. But if we're going to cut spending and follow what Sarah is suggesting, we're going to have to have a strong majority of like-minded people. All right. I appreciate you coming in. My pleasure. I mean, you got a meeting coming up here at 730, right? I do. All right. So I'll let you get out of here. Thank you. Appreciate you, Dan. Thank you very much. State Senator Dan Sullivan here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back uh, after the news at the top of the hour. We still got Congressman Hill. We still have Congressman Westerman. Uh, I am going to work to get Congressman Westerman to come back to the state. He come, He's back here a lot. And have a big lunch and talk about how we take back our schools. And Westerman is the guy to talk to about that. He may be a, a national congressman, but he was a state rep before that, and he had some great ideas. I need him to get back up in front of you and tell you about those. we got more coming your way in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. second hour first hour was a good one senator bozeman came by we had tommy piggott from the republican national commission uh, com, uh, convention on and then also we had dan sullivan state uh, senator on with us as well so we mixed it all up and we gave you you know uh, national politics we gave you uh, state politics now we're going to go back to national politics let's go up uh, to the to the capitol and talk with congressman uh, uh, Hill and talk to him about the president's State of the Union. 
He has forded the uh, defense around the Capitol because they're afraid of some truck drivers coming to Washington, D.C. Not him, uh, Pelosi and, and, uh, and Schumer. But little Chucky Schumer, I can understand. I mean, he's a little guy, you know. I don't know what kind of punch shit that he packs, to be honest with you. But <laughs> let's get uh, let's get to the congressman. Congressman, how are you today? You, you sat through at least. I have I got a great thing to say about the president's State of the Union address. It was sixty two minutes long. Yeah, we'll give him uh, we'll give him credit for holding it to an hour. He didn't hit a Bill Clinton record or anything close to it. And uh, it's good to be with you, Dave. Uh, Look, the speech started off uh, with uh, unity from everybody in Congress and the American people in support of the Ukrainian people in the face of absolute uh, chaos and catastrophe with Putin's murderous invasion. So that was the high point of the of the speech. Yeah, it went down from he, there. Uh, it did. I mean, he and he disappointed me in the in the Ukraine section of the talk, uh, because I really hoped that uh, after all the conversations that we've had over the last week, I mean, meeting after meeting with Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Treasury, and their uh, uh, team, I was hoping that he would uh, announce last night that he was going to unleash the power of American oil and gas production to help not only lower prices here in the United States, but help our friends in Europe. And he didn't do it. And the second point that I hoped that he would do, and we all pushed hard on, that he would announce a date after which there would be no imports of Russian oil into the United States. Right. Uh, and uh, we're uh, basically importing about 600,000 barrels a day, giving Putin hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue a month. And this is the whole source of the Russian economy. I mean, it's about 40% of their GDP is exports of oil and gas. Well, you can, you've, you've cracked down on them with, your ba- with the banks and all of that, and that's had a, yep. a, a very detrimental effect upon uh, the, the Russian economy. I mean, a ruble is worth about a penny to a dollar now. That's about yeah, what, what uh, it's worth. <laughs> we should have sanctioned him before he invaded to deter him from invading, and as We've talked in the last few weeks, our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, actually was in Congress lobbying against sanctions. Ted Cruz had an amendment to sanction the Nord Stream pipeline about four weeks ago, and uh, the Biden administration used everything in their power to block uh, that sanction. And while you can debate whether uh, Cruz's amendment was any good or not, uh, we should have sanctioned um, the Putin government. Uh, from Europe and from the U.S. before he took this fatal step. And this is something I don't understand. I think history will bear us out. So you're right. The sanctions are biting. But I think they could have, you know, potentially if they'd been put in place, prevented war, not um, been after the fact. Well, as I was watching uh, and going to different sites uh, about the President's State of the Union, I heard that it's about a billion dollars a day that we're sending over to the Russians because we're using their crude. That's just, that's unconscionable. There is no reason for that whatsoever. We're watching, we're seeing it play out on our TV uh, uh, screens, and they're killing, they're wantonly killing civilians now. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, we took had testimony yesterday from Victoria Spratt. She, she's a fine congresswoman from Indiana. She was born in Ukraine. She came to the United States to be educated in the early 1990s after the Berlin Wall fell. She became an American citizen, married to an American, has a great family. Her grandmother lives right on the Belarus border with Ukraine. She's oh, wow. 95 years old. 95 years old. She's lived through Stalin. She's lived through Hitler. And she says this is worse. And she's watching her town be completely carpet bombed and demolished around her and women and children uh, being murdered. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, I know this is shocking to people and they don't expect this kind of thing to happen in the 21st century, but it's happening. And, uh, if it's not stopped by Europe, uh, by the Ukrainians, by freedom loving people, it's going to continue because we're just green lighting. Uh, and I, I would argue Obama did that and that, and I hate to blame everything on Obama, but essentially on, uh, Russia aiding Assad in the murder of hundreds of thousands of people. Yep destruction of a country, taking Crimea without firing a shot. In every instance, Putin paid no price for that. And you just encourage uh, more bad behavior in when you engage in appeasement. So to me, the Sudetenland moment here in this Ukrainian saga was actually just the world looking the other way when he took Crimea in 2014. Well, I think you would agree with me, Congressman. It's going to be awful hard for people. Look, we we did we saw some coverage of what was going on in Syria. These, uh, you know, uh, foabs uh, that basically they were working on and they were dropping on the Syrian people and things. But we really didn't see it the way. I mean, Aleppo was one of the places that we kind of saw this. Yep. You you, you look at the Ukraine now. Look at Kiev and you take a look at that, and it's going to look like Aleppo in not too long in the distant future if we if the world doesn't stand up to this despot. And that's what uh, is happening outside Kiev. I know Americans are used to seeing periodic video; they can't put it in perspective because they're seeing their favorite, you know, uh, international reporters standing on a balcony somewhere in Kiev, and yeah. They hear the sirens, but they don't see, you know, mass murder, uh, but it's coming. And uh, that's what's uh, frightening to me. Uh, Greg Meeks, our uh, chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee, Democrat of New York, and Mike McCall, Republican of Texas, the lead Republican of that committee, leave uh, tomorrow night for Warsaw. They're going to the border. They're going to assess um, all the military assistance that's going across the border, how it's going across the border, is it getting into the hands of the people who are supposed to have it, uh, and they're going to assess the humanitarian situation in Poland as well. So we'll get a full report back from them on uh, Monday. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it and I wonder, you know, last person out of Ukraine, turn out the lights, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I don't know if I could stay in that. I would fight. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if somebody did something like that here in, in Arkansas, I would be fighting against them. But for, for God's sakes, they could only fight for so long. Well, they're using uh, the most sophisticated weapons. Uh, and uh, even if uh, Ukraine had every uh, <coughs> sort of available 
uh, weapon that Europe and the United States can provide them, and they had done that timely, and I'm arguing that uh, Joe Biden did not do that. Um, they're still facing absolute overwhelming odds uh, from the size of the Russian army. Now, we can, we've seen Russian desertions. Uh, we've seen uh, the young soldiers there uh, send messages back to their parents uh, in Moscow saying they, did, they thought this was a training exercise yeah, uh, and that they were told they would be liberators you know, when they did cross the border. And, of course, none of that's true. So That, sound, that just, sounds something want, like what the KGB would tell people, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm proud of the – I will say this. I'm proud of the Biden administration for uh, exposing our – and publicizing our national intelligence estimates of what Putin was doing. Because this is a KGB operation from start to finish. Deception, deception, deception. Yep. And this is what uh, this bloodthirsty guy is uh, all about. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More hard questions to talk to the congressman about. Congressman French Hill is with us. He'll uh, give us a, a, you know, some more ideas of what he thought about the uh, president's State of the Union address. I will say this before we take our break. You could transpose... Uh, sentences from Jimmy Carter's final State of the Union address into Biden's State of the Union address last night, and it would have sounded the same. I'm just telling you, it, we're, we're in the same situation again, and uh, and it's a terrible thing where we're at. At that point, Soviets were going into Afghanistan. Let's take a break. We've got more coming your way. Don't forget about my friend Billy uh, Mack and uh what he's doing with ICU Protection, LLC. I mean, uh, you know, things are kind of dicey around the area as far as crime goes, as far as murders are going, going about, uh, you know, shootings, all that kind of stuff. It's not happening just downtown. It's happening all over the place. And, uh, you know, you need to have a good security system. And Billy can, uh, you know, give you that. Billy Mack can definitely give you that. Alarms, uh, security monitoring, homes businesses i mean uh, he'll get you need a camera you want a camera in your doorbell he can do that for you and uh, it's 1080p technology means it's clear it's clean you can see what you need to be looking at very interesting uh what uh, what billy can offer to you and remember this here's what sets him apart from a lot of other people you pay for the service you don't pay for the hardware that's right. You know, all that stuff that they put on your windows and on your doors and the cameras they set up and all of that, you don't pay for any of that. You pay for the service. Service starts at about $40. And it's analytical service, which by that I mean it's not like a light out there around your house, and if it gets broken, it tells you somebody's near. It's not like that. These are state-of-the-art technologies, and it can detect whether it's a person, an animal, a car, or just a gust of wind. That's the way it works for ICU Protection. Their phone number, 501-205-1333. Call Billy Mack. Talk to him today. All right, back to uh, Congressman Hill, who is joining us today. We're talking about the President's State of the Union. We're talking about the Union in general, because the State of the Union is not good. Uh, There's a lot of 
you know, things going on in the world and here at home. Let's talk about internationally real quickly. Uh, I mean, we've got a problem here. I mean, uh, Russia is a nuclear power. Yeah, you got to kind of pussyfoot around with these guys a little bit, don't you? Well, they, uh, sure. Uh, But if Russia does not uh, propose to use those weapons or propose to enter NATO countries, then I think that's, you know, mostly saber (laughs) rattling on the part of the Russians since they are a, a nuclear power. They have overwhelming, you know, military superiority in Ukraine without doing anything like that. Um, And they know it would mean the end of their lives, I mean, uh, if they did that. So I don't anticipate that. But you never know, because Putin, I think, is uh, unstable. He's at the end of his career. He's trying to recreate an 18th century uh, vassal state with himself as czar, and it's... I mean, like I say, people are in Europe and they're standing in disbelief. Now, what do we do when he makes statements like, hey, uh, you folks up in Finland and Sweden and Norway, uh, you know, you're thinking about maybe becoming NATO, uh, you know, part, you know, practitioners. Uh, pay attention to what's going on at the Ukraine. I mean, that's nothing more. It's not even a veiled threat. That's just a threat. <laughs> Right. I mean, uh, we've just never we've never faced uh, this in Europe in 80 years. And uh, for 80 years, NATO and American uh, military partnership with Europe has kept the peace in Europe. And this is a complete attempt to reset that balance, throw the Americans out of Europe, put uh, Europe completely on edge. And we're just returning to something that we thought we'd left way behind, all because of the egomania and historic grievance of one person, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, Hitler was the Versailles Treaty with uh, with uh, Putin. It's the fall of the Soviet Union. I mean, it, it, yep. both, they both are driven by historical events, and uh, it, it's crazy. So I know that uh, you in Congress had a briefing that it's a briefing that you can't just come out and start talking about it but i did have a question are they talking and if you can't answer just say i can't answer it dave uh are they talking about all these stories that we're hearing lately about the mental stability of uh, vladimir putin yeah i don't know that anybody has uh, got a clear picture of that or in a Classified or unclassified setting, meaning I'm not sure that people have reached a conclusion about that. Uh, They are looking for an explanation why someone who rules Russia, who has plenty of income coming into Russia by being the 10 percent of the global oil and gas production, who has uh, technology and research and is a partner with uh, Americans in space, Uh, They don't understand why he is taking this uh, grievance uh, 30 years later to punish uh, in an unprovoked way the people of Ukraine that he calls drug addicts, fascists, uh, you know, non-Christians. I mean, it's really uh, 
crazy uh, anti-Semites when the president of Ukraine is a Jew. Yeah. Uh, so people are saying, well, gosh, I mean, we've always thought of Putin as a very, uh, you know, cagey, merciless, KGB uh, guy who runs a tough ship. This seems crazy. And so they're projecting that. But uh, I've not seen anything or heard anything that would give me a definitive feel that someone has come to uh, any formal assessment about Putin's uh, uh, mental or behavioral health. Okay. And other than other than somebody who does this is uh, a maniac. All right. So you go in these briefings, you sit down. When you walk out of them, do you get more and more worried? Well, in this instance, uh, I mean, I've had uh, in the last year uh, briefings from the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, General Milley, our Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and the CIA on the Afghan situation and on what's happening in Europe. And you walk out of uh, those meetings very depressed. Uh, And, you know, I think of America as the indispensable nation, but we have to have uh, partners, and it's very hard to solve uh, the world's problems today by just snapping your fingers. And we don't have the resources, the manpower, uh, or the financing to take on every challenge. And so, what I walk out of there feeling in the case of Afghanistan is uh, just terrible mismanagement and uh, very frustration. When I walk out of the Ukraine briefings over the last few months, I feel the sense of resiliency by the leadership in Ukraine who want to push back against the tyrant. And for the first time in decades, I feel the resiliency of Europeans who are stepping up, Finland and Sweden, who are not members of NATO, giving arms to Ukraine, saying that they reject Putin. Switzerland, a notoriously <clears throat> neutral country, yeah. enforcing the financial sanctions. I mean, we've, you and I have never seen that in nope. our our lives. Nope. Um, and uh it's it's it is a and germany is providing uh, material support and of course they did shut down the north stream pipeline but this all goes back to <clears throat> green lighting putin's belief that he could get away with this because obama didn't do anything and joe biden actually just a few months ago approved the north stream pipeline mm-hmm. after trump had blocked it Trump had blocked it. Trump had boosted NATO spending by other NATO countries. He had put forces in Poland from Germany in order to send a message to Putin, stay out of the Baltics. Uh, He had armed the Ukrainians with defensive lethal weapons. Obama had done none of that. So um, this did not happen uh, under uh, Trump's watch because I think he was – doing the things to strengthen security in Europe and push back against Putin. I know that's the opposite of what the crazy Democrats talk about. It's just insane the way they describe all that. But that's the facts of the situation. All right. Congressman Hill, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday. We appreciate your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget Congressman Westerman coming up after the break. Right now, time for Bill O'Reilly here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, David Lucas Financial, been talking about them for years. 
They want you to know that they're aware because of inflation and because you're seeing uh, what's going on in the economy is eating away at your nest egg that you, like a lot of other people here in the country, are thinking about silver and gold and what they can do for that nest egg that you have. Well, you can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your your 401k, and and other things that you have put away uh, for savings. But if you'll call 501-222-3315, you can learn more about buying silver and gold from the folks at David Lucas Financial. Uh, They work with a uh, regulated and licensed national wholesaler in the country. And uh, they get this stuff so that you can get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Educate yourself. Call 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right. Let's move back and uh, talk to Congressman Bruce Westerman from uh, District 4. He joins us on the Dave Ellswick Show. Been a good morning today. We've heard from Congressman Hill. We've heard from Senator Bozeman. We've heard from Tommy Piggott from over at the uh, RNC. We've also heard from Dan Sullivan, state uh, senator, who stopped by today on his way to a meeting over at the Capitol. And now we're going to hear from Cong- uh, from Congressman Westerman and, uh, you know, Congressman, uh, other than, you know, you had an extra Republican sitting with you last night, kind of, when Manchin came over and sat with you guys instead of with the uh, the Democrats, uh, it was kind of a same old, same old, you knew what was coming from Biden. At least it was only 62 minutes long. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I guess, a highlight of it, that it was only 62 minutes long. It seemed a lot longer than that uh, to me, but I knew it was getting close to bedtime, so he was going to have to wrap it up and uh, and get out of there. He had a bowl of ice cream waiting of, for him. Yeah, some more milk. That's been uh, a pretty good lineup you've got this morning, Dave. I'm kind of honored to get to come in at the end of that. Hey, I always, you always have a microphone in my studio. You know that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it's amazing to me. One of the things that just stood out to me was this lie that Biden started off with about the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, how it was for the top 1%. That has been told so many times that I guess that Democrats actually believe it's the truth. But that is the, the biggest, fattest lie I think they've ever told, and uh, and they never get called out on it, right? Um, and what what that had what did that have to do with the State of the Union? I I'm not sure. Other than that, if we've got a strong economy, it's probably because of uh, what happened in the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. But he had to get that one in there, and then uh, obviously the stuff about Ukraine was going to be uniting. You know, everybody can look and see that. Putin's a war criminal, and he's a thug, and uh, it's an atrocity what's happening in uh, Ukraine. So um, he, his speechwriters were probably smart to, uh, to lead off with that. But there's one point in there where he started talking about inflation, 
And uh, I was just looking around, and my colleagues were looking at me, and everybody had these blank looks about what, what did he just say. And I don't know if he got off my line on the teleprompter um, or if his speech writers were that bad. Uh, but, I mean, it's obvious what I took away from it is he, he knows nothing about economics. And uh, uh, it looks like he uh, he's someone who's never gotten a paycheck from anywhere but the government because he knows nothing about how, how businesses operate and how, I guess he's got some fairy dust or something that uh, he's going to use for businesses just like he's going to use for all these programs that, um, you know, he's going to cut the cost on everything from Medicare to child care to health care. Um, everything's going to get less expensive. Uh, but he must be uh, planning on raising taxes or just printing more money and growing the, the debt, which that's not going to help inflation one iota. Uh, but it was, it was really disconnected. Uh, that segment of his speech, and maybe I just couldn't hear it that well in the chamber. Maybe you got something better from it. No, nah, I got, I did, I got just nothing more than a stump speech with, you know, rah rah Ukraine. That's all I got out of that whole speech that he gave last night. Nothing more. Uh, evidently, talking about pixie dust, they must have sprinkled it in your chamber in the house because nobody had to wear a mask. Yeah, COVID is cured. It's cured in the Capitol. You know, it's been cured in the Senate all this time because once you cross the center point of the Capitol, you didn't have to wear a mask anymore because apparently masks weren't effective against COVID on the Senate end or they had they have something special down there. But, um, yeah, Pelosi decided that um, time to do away with the mask in the, in the House. I'm sure some pollster told her that was a, uh, the right move to take. She still got the metal detectors, though, for for others, not for herself. But she got the metal detectors for others. I was, uh, you know, before the speech started, the senators were in. I was out visiting with some of them, and I asked them if they all stopped for the metal detector when they came in, and they just laughed. Of course, they didn't. <laughs> well, I got I got to ask. Uh, I haven't asked anybody else this question. You get it. Uh, uh, First, and that is, what did you think about the Republican response? I thought the uh, governor of Iowa did a good job. Well, I haven't seen her response. I was, uh, uh, they have media row and all these reporters after the, it's over. And I spent probably an hour and a half doing interviews. Like oh, that, man. So I didn't see the Republican response. But I was actually sitting uh, right in front of Ashley Henson from Iowa. And I was asking her before it started what she thought about her governor. And she was, she had high marks for her, said she's doing a great job. And she thought she would knock it out of the park on the, uh, on the response. Well, I thought she did good. I, I, good. What about, um, uh, was it Tlaib or Omar that gave the a Democrat response? Did you yeah, see that I thought it was Tlaib that, uh, the did. Well, it was the same old, same old look AOC came on, um, after they were interviewing her and here's what she had to say just blew my mind she says i was really disappointed that we're still talking about carbon-based energy and running towards it when we should be running away from it as fast as we can and you know the first question went through my mind uh, congressman is to what yeah yeah uh, that's a special case right there when you're talking about AOC. 
and and when she starts commenting on energy policy but uh you know that's that's the area where biden has has missed the boat on dealing with russia that their revenue is generated from selling energy and if we want to uh you know disrupt his regime then we have to do something to combat uh his energy sales and we've got a great weapon here in the u.s called abundant resources and technology and uh i guess aoc has uh has no problem with the um uh, the record uh, imports of Russian energy to the yeah. U.S. because her and her knucklehead friends won't let pipelines be built up into New England so we can get gas from Pennsylvania up there. So we import uh, more Russian energy last year than, uh, than we had in, I think, 11 years. 20% more. 20% more. A billion dollars a day. To that despot over in Russia. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, our portion, our portion of it is not that much. The billion dollars a day is the extra Putin's getting from his worldwide sales because of the high cost of oil. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It. Now we we're we're importing five hundred to seven hundred thousand barrels a day, which is about you know look at the price of oil seven hundred thousand dollars or seven hundred thousand barrels so 70 million dollars a day of u.s money going straight to putin no buying that much energy from him and buy some bombs to drop on ukraine now doesn't it uh yeah that's uh and you know what a low life is putin he's dropping carpet bombs um you know, some of the, the images and stories that I'm hearing out of Ukraine, uh, Putin, he needs to be arrested and tried as a war criminal. If somebody in Russia doesn't take him out first and the, there's ever a chance to do that, that's what needs to happen. Uh, Victoria Sparks, who is a, she was born in Ukraine. She's a member of Congress from Indiana. I uh, was just giving us some horrifying stories yesterday she's getting from back home. Uh, Russian soldiers are going in and taking uh, women and children and marching them in front of the tanks so that uh, the Ukrainian forces won't shoot uh, anti-tank missiles uh, while they're marching women and children in front of them as they uh, go into these areas. Well, shouldn't surprise us. The man is doing exactly what Adolf Hitler did. Uh, Hitler, it was the Versailles Treaty. For Putin, it is, of course, the Cold War. And when they fell apart, the Soviet Union fell apart. Uh, they're crazy. They're just crazy people. And we got to deal with them. We've got to figure out a way to deal with them. Congressman, if you hold on, i got to take one last break, and then we will come back and we'll finish up our conversation with you. We'll try. I'll try to figure out something to talk about that is positive. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. Appreciate it. Congressman Bruce Westerman is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll continue our discussion when we return. Don't forget about the folks over at East End Towing. They're ready to help you. I talked about them earlier today. Talked about how they come out and change a tire for you if you need it on your on your driveway. But how about if you're out on the highway and your car just breaks down? 
Well, they'll come out and hook you up and take you wherever you want to have your car taken. Or uh, how about you run yourself into a situation where your car is running, but your trailer fails and you got your boat behind your, your car, you got your trailer behind your car. Well, they can help you with that as well, because no matter the situation, they are well-versed and ready to help you out uh, on the roads. That's East End Towing. You call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, back. Let's finish up with our uh, interview with uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman. You know, uh, Congressman, I talked a little bit with uh, Congressman Hill. You guys have had have had briefings dealing with the Ukraine situation, and then before that it was Afghanistan. Before that it's the supply chain. Do you ever walk out of those briefings with a smile on your face? Oh, no. Uh, you know, if you're going into a classified briefing area that you're, you're getting ready to get bad news, um, sometimes the news, I guess, will be better than, than what you might expect. But uh, as of recently, uh, it's, it's a pretty sombering experience to go in and, and uh, hear the National Security Advisor, um, you know, giving a report and hearing the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State, and they're laying out everything uh, that they're at least willing to share with us. I don't think it's everything they know, but what they're willing to share with Congress. And it's usually pretty disappointing. Yeah. I, I, I watched that State of the Union address last night, and I know that the president, and I've always said this about anybody who's elected president, the first day that you sit down and uh, all the folks from all of the, the CIA and the NSA and the military and whatever, and they come in and they give you your first real briefing, it's got to be a, a disappointing day because the situation in the world is not good right now, it, it, and it hasn't no, there, been for years. And there are obviously very bad people in the world, and that's why we have to always maintain a, a strong presence, a strong military, strong diplomatic ties, uh, because what happens in the remote parts of the world today doesn't stay there. And there, um, I know, you know people that have maybe never traveled outside the country or they, they live their whole life in the United States, and it's hard to imagine that there are people that, that hate us just for who we are. And uh, there are people who are, are ruthless that um, are evil, uh, and they would have no problem at all uh, causing major death and destruction here in the United States, and and Putin's right there with them. Anything that you can report on committee meetings that you've been uh, part of? Are, are there some good things coming out of the committees as well, or is this Green New Deal infected everything? Oh, it's infected everything, and I, I couldn't believe how Biden doubled down on that last night and on the Build Back Better. Uh, and then, you know, also with everything going on, he has to uh, double down on how they want to pass a law to uh, to make abortion legal and talking about how that people's constitutional right, and it just makes me sick to know that there's so many problems in the world and uh, there's still people that uh, – think like that but 
that's what the left pushes for. Uh, you know, he was his speechwriters were not writing that speech just from his position, but to try to appease his uh, far left flank as much as possible. And at the end of the day, I don't think he uh, moved the needle of Americans that think he's doing a good job in the direction he was wanting to see it go. And I think he also probably created more dissension internally with the Democrats. And he should realize he's never going to please these uh, leftists that want us to be like Europe. He's just not going to please them and and be able to do anything that looks remotely like uh, uh, the history of America looks. Now, last question. So what did you think about Manchin sitting with you all Republicans? I, it didn't really surprise me. He wasn't sitting too far away from, from where I was. And uh, he was he's actually sitting by Roger Wicker from Mississippi. And uh, I was talking to some other senators and was going to go over and say hi to him. And uh, it, it was time for the president to come in. I never got a chance to talk to him. But, um, you know, he can call himself a Democrat or whatever he wants to call as long as he keeps voting uh, to stop these crazy issues that uh, uh, that he's he's been pretty good on so far. I'll be happy with him. I got you. I, I know him a little bit. He's uh, he's like a pretty good guy. All right, Congressman, I'll let you go. We'll join up with you again next week. Hopefully, we'll have some positive things to talk about. You bet. Have All a right. great weekday. All right, thank you very much, Congressman Bruce Westerman. Oh, by the way, I I know positive. The Batman opens this weekend. Go to the movies, Congressman. <laughs> Just, I'm, I should have mentioned that to him. He's a movie guy. He, he would have liked that. All right. We're almost out of time. So what do I have for you the last few moments? Biden's State of the Union speech was nothing uh, great last night. Just about everybody's giving him a C. I, I can't give him that much just because uh, his ideology is totally different than mine uh he continues to push leftward and uh, we've already shown that going to the left is not helping anything it's making things worse uh he didn't cut us off from russian oil which i was hoping that he would do and would tell the folks up in alaska and down along the gulf to start producing oil american oil and american natural gas because, you know, if we cut off uh, the, the oil from uh, Russia, it's going to have an effect on the people uh, in Europe and Western Europe. And we should be ready to supply all the natural gas that they need. But that's not it's going to be difficult. It's, it's going to be difficult uh, here in another year or so to try to do that uh, because the Congress is moving as quickly and as hard left as they can about fossil fuels they're making it difficult to be able to build uh, liquefied natural gas ports so that we can you know get that on the ships and get it over to to europe i mean they've got to come to the realization that fossil fuels are important to the security of not only our nation but democracy in general, over in Europe at this time, if not around the world. So uh, we've got to make sure that there's enough fossil fuels until that time comes when, uh, you know, solar cells and 
hydrogen cells and, uh, you know, maybe even nuclear power can uh, take up the majority of our electricity and things of that nature. And I know the people on the left freak out when I bring up nuclear, but it's not the same as it was back at Three Mile Island back in the 70s. It's not that way anymore. Uh, Educate yourself about it and know that the new nuclear uh, plants do not produce the amount of waste that they used to produce, nor is it as hard uh, to get rid of uh, as it once was. All right, we're just about out of time again. Don't forget, a week from tomorrow, it's our first uh, town hall. It'll be happening over at Agape uh, Family Life. Uh, I need your questions for the uh, lieutenant governor uh, candidates and the Republican Party. If you will send those to me at townhall at salemlr.com. They'll come directly to me. I'll collect them. And then uh, we will ask them of the candidates next Thursday at 7 o'clock, a week from this uh, from tomorrow, at 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock. And uh, first of our uh, three or four or five, we don't know exactly how many, maybe six uh, town halls. We're still working on some things with all of them. So keep it in mind. I'm out of here. I'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>